This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the $100 is Zach Ferran. He's a 22-year-old Apple employee, and he's listening to the show and loving it. For your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now, and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it to enter. Folks, many of you reach out to me and you say, Nathan, so many guests on your show talk about the importance of batching. But whenever I try and batch, you tell me this. You go, Nathan, they don't book back-to-back times. So you, or they don't show up after they book. It's frustrating. The answer is, guys, you have to use smart tools. I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. I'll tell you specifically how I use it later on in the episode. Coming up tomorrow morning, you'll learn from Andre Breeze. He's the Bant CEO. They've just hit 32 grand in monthly recurring revenue, helping companies get higher quality leads with a touch of professional services. Top Tribe, what's going on? Nathan Latka here. Our guest today is Francisco Lorraine, and he's been an entrepreneur for most of his life, born and raised in Chile. Now, previously, he founded a company called Zapidly, a payments technology company that was backed by Eric Schmidt's venture fund and acquired by Groupon. Before that, he ran a $2.5 billion special situations hedge fund with Trigger Power. We'll get into that in a second. And most recently, he led the product and engineering team of 100 plus people for Groupon's local business. Now he's working on enabling high quality work for corporate and their teams. We also have his co-founder and head of product with us, Amit. Guys, are you ready to take us to the top? Hey, let's how do are it. you? So you, you know we're talking to a startup when you see the head of product chugging Red Bull at like, you know, 11 a.m. on a freaking Tuesday. Amit, what's going on, man? Late night coding, man. Late night lots coding. Of, lots, lots of issues to work through, lots of problems to make sure we get this right. Yeah. So what's the breakdown, Amit? Are you deal? Are you guys, Amit, are you doing all the coding or, or Francisco, are you doing coding as well? No, we have a team of about nine people now um, and we all code and we all get our hands as dirty as possible to make sure that this thing moves quickly. Yeah, Amit put, uh, like, puts his hands dirty on the product and I kind of like try to build and manage the algorithm part of the system. So Francisco, before we get more into what Pseudo does and, and how you guys hope to kind of really reinvent this industry, tell us a little bit more about about your background. So specifically, you know, we have folks from hedge funds and PE firms on here all the time. What was the hedge fund you were running and, and help our audience understand what trigger power means? Uh, means that I could make decisions based on whatever I wanted on investments. Uh, this was a hedge fund that, you know, I ran previously in Chile um, for who became the president of the country, Sebastián Piñera. So it was his family office or his own money, uh, but it operated like a hedge fund and a very successful one. Uh, when I arrived there, there were, he like the, the size of the hedge fund was 300 million. And when I left, it was 2.5 billion. So we, we had a really good ride there. Um, but you know, I really wanted to move into the creativity aspect of things. I, I was very strong technically, so I decided to come to a GSP uh, to do at Stanford to do an MBA. And out of that, I started building my career as an entrepreneur here in the Valley, like an immigrant and you know, trying to create jobs and uh, disrupt the industries. So, which side do you like better, the money side or the entrepreneur side? 
definitely well both are money <laughs> but definitely the entrepreneur side because the money part is like you're making rich people richer here you're like you know trying to use technology to like change the way that people communicate and the way people kind of like uh, become more productive and come on francisco you're making yourself richer right i uh, we are we are yes if not everything, yet, if everything, go, if everything goes well Yes, if everything goes All right. well. So you're nine people. You're based. You guys are based in Burtway at Cook, California. Menlo Park. Perfect. Menlo, Menlo Park. Good. Uh, nine people. Menlo Park. How much capital have you raised to date? Two point three million dollars. Okay. And what? Tell us more about Pseudo now. What are you using that money on? What are you hoping to change? Uh, so the problem that we're trying to solve is that we think CRM, customer relationship management systems, and enterprise are broken. And we think that the reason that they're broken is that they rely on salespeople to be proactive about manually entering data into the system. And so that leads to lots of problems with the underlying data because the reps are not inherently motivated to do this. It's not something that they get value out of generally. It's something that the company gets value out of. So you have the incentive problem, and then you've also got the software problem. This is most of the CRM systems were in the best case designed in the 90s, worst case designed in the 80s. And then, and they just um, they're hard to use. If you've ever tried to use you know Salesforce or Salesforce's mobile application, you know it's a time-consuming process. And so if it's time-consuming and it's annoying and you're not motivated to do it, you're generally not going to do it, or you're not going to do it well. And so the underlying data is just messy. It's you know it's missing. It's incorrect. It's duplicative. It's not timely. And as a sales manager, as a sales operations leader, that makes it very difficult to run an efficient and effective sales team. You don't have the underlying data to know, do I need to have more sales reps or do I need to have fewer sales reps? Do I need to have more leads or should I get my reps more focused on a fewer set of leads? And if you don't have the underlying data, you can't make those decisions effectively. Yeah, there is a lot of like talk about, you know, Salesforce, Einstein, and how do you use machine learning and big data to get insights out of your data? But, you know, we believe in the principle of garbage in, garbage out. We experienced this uh, firsthand at Groupon where we ran uh, the, you know, the, all the systems to prioritize leads and everything. And uh, it was just very hard to make sense of the data, mainly because the data that was input to the system was essentially done by reps who, you know, if you think about it, it like, the equivalent of a manager telling you to update Salesforce yeah. is similar to tell a teenager, you know, do your bet. <laughs> How do you, so here's my question to you guys, because because I, I came across you guys, I believe it was on Product Hunter or a list I came across and I tried it. And what I love about it is it, it, it's more conversational, right? Like, you know, hey, Sudo, just got done with coffee with, you know, the, the head of product at X company, right? Update the lead to a nine, right? In my, in my dashboard. So I love that it's conversational, but I still have to do work to put the data in unless right. you guys are doing something or working towards something that figures out a way to kind of automatically know yeah. or surface these things. How, what's the plan yeah. there? Yeah, so that was our big insight. The way that we started, uh, we actually started with expense management. And, you know, you will type, hey, I had a really good chat with Nathan. Uh, and then we have a breakfast and I spent $10. And then the system was able to understand it. We were able to capture the intention. You were trying to make an expense. And these are the data fields that you already talked about in the chat. And we're going to ask you uh, missing data data fields. We did. We tried to apply the same thing into CRM. 
where we created like a free format thing where people will try to update things. And the problem was that um, it's essentially the same paradigm that we're trying to disrupt. As you mentioned, it's like you have to be against, again, proactive and sometimes you forget and everything. So the big insight that we had in the company is that you really want to flip the problem around. You want to be able to Inter like grab all the interactions, phones, emails, meetings, like virtual meetings, and extract information from that, surface it to the rep, and try the rep to answer as little as possible around that. Example, you send an email to someone. That email is not on Salesforce. The chatbot tells you, do you want to add this contact to Salesforce? And we have two buttons on Slack, yes or no. So now, like instead of like you going to the system adding this the, the stuff, uh, you just say yes or no. And when you say yes or no, we call other APIs of, of other companies that enrich data and we put all that data validated and clean into the Salesforce. And we can do that with meetings. We can do that with follow-ups. We're able to understand phone conversations, extract keywords from that, extract follow-ups. So, hey, I saw that you had a phone call with client X. And do you want to create a follow-up? You said that you want to create a follow-up in the next week. Do you want me to remind you and add, add that information into Salesforce? Got it. Okay, so get, give us a sense of kind of where the business is at today in terms of uh, in terms of customers or revenue or users. Do you, or first of all, are you guys post revenue or pre revenue? We are we're pre revenue. Okay, we're so no we're private beta. We don't believe in the MVP philosophy in the systems because building a chatbot and we can go more over the com the conversational problem, but it's an incredibly hard problem to solve. So what we're doing is that we're working with like uh, 30 or 40 customers right now, users. And, you know, we've learned tons from them. And, you know, also we've, uh, you know, we're not charging them because sometimes we have bugs and like, you know, all those things. So, um, and, and, and we're engaging pilots with five companies right now. And with one of them, we are about to close them uh, finishing a pilot with them, they're very excited about the product. And so, Francisco, uh, what do you think? What do you? What do you? Uh, what's your gut tell you? Your revenue model will be. Uh, so we believe that we're going to start charging per user per month for for reps that use this system, and we want to move in the long term for more of an account based charging model where we essentially discriminate different companies uh, by the amount of accounts they have in Salesforce and we charge you for those accounts because we believe that we can enrich the data and we can have the company put a lot of data into our systems so we can suggest the rep who is the next lead that they want to call and uh, build essentially a model of machine learning around that information. When one of these beta users signs up, I'm sure you guys have dashboards there in your office. You're actively refreshing like every minute of every day going, did they do the first thing we know they have to do to make them sticky? What are some of those key things they have to do in the first one, two, three, four, five days to be sticky? Um, so this was this was one of the, Francisco mentioned, the, the big insight here is flipping this problem on its head. And so we're about 80 to 90% of the interactions now are prompted by Suda. So the most important thing for us is they have to get all the way through the onboarding process where we get connected to their underlying data stream. So we get connected to their calendar, we get connected to their email, we get connected to their Salesforce. Once we have that, I'm now sorry. we're and their phone, and now we're proactively um, proactively ping them and with in actions that they can take. And so what we see typically is we get a lot of interactions in the first few days because there's kind of this backlog of stuff that hasn't been entered into the system. There are a lot of customers you're interacting with that are not in the system, and then it kind of gets to a steady state 
And so the key thing for us is making sure people add contacts, making sure people are adding their notes from their meetings. Those are the most common interactions. Those are the most common things that our sales reps are doing. As soon as we start getting them into that uh, mode of interacting with Sudo and taking actions that Sudo recommends, it becomes much stickier. Yeah, the interaction before, when it was essentially reactive, it was like two, three times for the 20% of the customers that are the most engaged, from two to three times a week to five to seven times a day. So we really kind of like boosted the interaction a lot. Yep, and, and you think you'll have... Like your your gut is telling you you'll have more leverage over pricing based and if the key thing you measure and optimize the onboarding for are kind of number of messages per rep per day and we yeah so that's very sticky with the rep and that helps us to push the data i think the big leverage of this company is surfacing a dashboard to managers and c-level execs to kind of understand and how their products are getting sold through the channels, what are the products that are selling quicker, how many interactions you need for those products to work, and also to measure the effectiveness of the reps and what they can like instill in their organization to make them more efficient. So, you know, you're gonna be able to find out which keywords are the ones who are selling products better and what interactions and everything and like put that, in, put that into the process so the company can become more data driven. Yeah. Where, so we're getting, where we're getting today is with customers who already have really good understanding and appreciation of the data. And those companies just want more of it, right? They want yeah. more accurate, more data. Where, we, where we're going is helping all those companies who don't quite know what to do with this data yet. And in order to do that, we have to build this dashboard that really helps them understand what's, what they can do with the underlying data that Sudo is generating for them. Great. Well, guys, coming up, I'm going to ask both of these guys what their favorite business books are. But first, take us through, uh, Francisco, take us through kind of the funding. So you raised $2.3 bucks. Was that convertible note or equity? Uh, was, uh, you want me to tell you the numbers? Well, no. Uh, was it, was it, was it a note or equity? Oh, equity. It equity. was a seed round, a formal seed round. We have the pleasure of having like really, really good uh, guys like Joe Lonsdale from ATC, who was a previous investor in a very successful company called RelateIQ that was acquired by Salesforce. Then we have Revit Capital, which are kind of like top five in fintech. And Eric Schmidt like chipped in again because we made the money the last time. And Andrew Mason, the founder of C of Groupon, and Frank Lewy, the founder of Criteo, which is like really good expert on machine learning. A Slack Fund, which are trying to boost their ecosystem, we're very Slack based. And Storm Ventures, Storm Ventures, an amazing name in in enterprise as well. Who led? Um, Say it again. Who led the round? Uh, Joe Lonsdale. Okay, what was his? Volunteer. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Very cool. And what was the? I mean, how do you enter in? You guys obviously have great backgrounds, which probably gives you power over negotiating evaluation to minimize dilution. But walk me through that negotiation. How did you kind of get to the valuation? Okay, so for the so it was just super easy because I had a really good exit last time. Um, you know, the first time that I tried to raise money, I got forty two no's until I got one yes. This time, essentially, we had one investor passing. So out of all the people we pitched, everyone chipped in. Um, and like, I think like at seed is very easy. You know, it's proven that like people who have had exits before, the probability that they're successful is like way higher. And you know, statistically, so it was way easier to get people, especially people like that I knew that like kind of like put money before, those guys really wanted to chip in and that helped me. And, and quite frankly, Joe really believes in this smart enterprise idea and like, you know, 
the conversation with him was like a 10 minute conversation until he kind of like started negotiating numbers with us. We showed him a video of how the enterprise software works today. And he said, I'll write you a check right now if you let me stop watching this video. That's <laughs> funny. So Francisco, talking about your, your previous success, because it sounds like that was critical to kind of this first round of funding. What did Zappity sell to Groupon for? Uh, so we, so I, I can't disclose the number, uh, but it was a big number. It was a very uh, sizable number, at least for me. Uh, it gives me the ability to kind of be independent financially and kind of start more companies. More than a hundred million. I can't tell you the number. You can give me you know, a big, vague range, as big as you mid want. Level, mid level, uh, mid level digits in terms of like you know. Something between ten and a hundred. Perfect. 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 That's great. But, okay, good. Um, so you made yeah, all your investors yeah, a lot of money, right? And they said, "Let me invest in your next thing." We returned at four to five times the money for investors. Great. And in about a year, right? In about in, in about nine months, actually. Nine months. Yeah, that's great. So the, that's a good the idea. Technology. The technology we built was quite disruptive because um, we were able to track credit cards. So if you had a, if you buy a Groupon. And then you go to the merchant, we were able to see on the merchant if you were a return customer or not. So we essentially had deals with acquiring banks with the first data of this world and guys like that who will give us access to their credit card transactions and we were able to match them in a way that we didn't violate personally identifiable information by using just pieces of the credit card data and building a collision algorithm that, you know, and was able to identify users on that merchant. Got so it. effectively moving online to offline, online proving ROI on online to offline advertisement. And what did the, so with all that kind of background that you built up and the team that you've built, what valuation did you negotiate in the Series A for Pseudo? Right now? When um, you raised, no, 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 not now, when you, when you raised. In the, in the seed round. We did an eight, eight million pre-money valuation. Yeah. Oh, the, okay, so Which the 2.3 million was a seed round, not your Series A. Yes, seed. Was, yeah. Okay, so 8 million pre, 10.3 million post. Yeah, but we've got, like, the, the company, given, like, how disruptive it is, we've got... Um, which has been amazing for us. We've got a lot of inbound requests from VCs trying to, so like, you know, we have uh, some VCs trying to like now say, hey, you should take money from us. So, you know, we're in a very good spot, thanks God. Guys, I get asked all the time, Nathan, you post all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back -back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also, they make it very easy to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay, at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. Helps me so much. And by the way, look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best at meetings. Okay, I do them back to back. Very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen. Okay, so I use the tool. It's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin. I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14-day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no. He's giving us a 45-day free trial at NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not going to stay up forever, so go get it now. NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule.
that's great. <laughs> no, it's great. It's it's the power to kind of the success in the story you guys can can tell about what you've done, right? And the how big this space is. As you know, it's very fragmented, very very fragmented, and it's really broken. Um, yes. So very good. All right, guys, let's get into some more context about you guys as we wrap up here. First question, Francisco. This one goes to you. What's your favorite business book? Oh, my favorite business book. Oh wow, you got you got me on that one. Um, high Output Management by Andy Grove. Okay, good. High, you said High Altitude or High Output Management? High Output Management. Yeah. I mean, this one's to you. Is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? There's a CEO I'm studying right now. Honest answer, no. All right, number three, back over to Francisco. Is there a favorite online tool you have, like uh, Evernote? Um, Splunk. Splunk. Yeah, getting all the data and insights and Git. No, you know what? GitHub. I love GitHub. We love GitHub here. We're super GitHub driven. Splunk and GitHub. There you have it. All right. Uh, and Francisco, we'll stick with you on these last ones here. Yes or no? Do you get eight hours of sleep every night? Do what? Do you get Do you eight get hours eight of sleep? No, I wish. <laughs> I have kids. I get five to six hours. So, so what's your situation? You said you have kids. Are you married, single? You have how many kids? Married, three kids, two and a half kids. I have the third one coming in February. Oh, very and cool. I particularly have a, a boy that's number two that's quite, you know, like he has a tendency to wake up at 3, 4 a.m. and he starts crying and everything. So between the coding and the kids, it's like being, <laughs> you know, I'm a sleep deprived dad. And how old are you? I am 37. All right, so last question. Take us back 17 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Oh, that I, that, you know, that you, that like all these people that are starting companies and uh, that you see and you look up and you say, oh, I'm never going to be able to them are much more human than you think. And I would have loved to have that uh, confidence in myself that I could do it. And, you know, and like, I would have loved to kind of like just drop out of school and start more companies instead of like building and studying theoretical physics and all that stuff that I did. Top tribe, there you have it. He wishes he had more confidence and less schooling from Francisco and Amit who are building pseudo. They're working with a handful of customers right now, pre-launch, focused on fixing really the sales been B2B kind of CRM space. They've raised $2.3 million on an $8 million pre-money valuation. They both have a bunch of successes that they're leaning on. Currently, again, building at Pseudo with their team of nine in Menlo Park, looking to fix a very fragmented and broken space. Amit, Francisco, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you so much, Nathan. If you enjoyed Francisco today, go back and listen to Eric Berman yesterday with Branditize. Eric is the back end to all of Jack Canfield's online stuff, and he works with many big online celebrities. They did $4 million in 2015 revenue, and he's on track to do $5 million in 2016. Again, with Branditize CEO Eric Berman. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.